0: Hello and welcome to Beyond the Mist. My name is Daniel, the Game Master and Storyteller for the Mistworld podcast. And this is the first episode where I'm recording this before the game... Before the episode has been recorded, as opposed to after. So we're just going to go through a bit of my prep so far, what my ideas are, and they'll either be a recording at the end of this episode, or at the start of the next one, about how it all went. Now, at this point, I've locked down what the story is. I've hinted at the past that I didn't really know why the dragon was attacking, would be attacked by the players. And now, with a bit of time, and following the players' actions, I've locked all that down. So at this point I have that the dragon is not the one attacking the ships, it is planning to take over uh, the humans' area and expand dragon, the dragon's territory by laying hundreds of thousands of eggs, which will then give it a small army to uh, commence its expansion. Um, it will the blue hag will use this information to effectively trick the players into believing that he, he is the real problem, and he will, and once the players have killed it, they will then bait the creature underneath the mist into entering that area and attacking the hope and grace and dragging the players down uh, onto the onto the surface for reasons that have yet to be revealed. That will be part of next season, assuming we get there. Now, this episode, the goal is simply for the players to reach the Ballista and be in a position to then take it and return it back to the Hope and Grace. Um, Now, as with any heist, there has to be a twist and I'll be opening with a twist. Now, the plan is that because the players at this point have, have been put on a path to attack the dragon, I asked them about how they wanted to go about doing that. So if they just wanted to be controlling the wrong players during the fight and have player actions, or if we could use another um, setting to reconstruct basically the ships fighting the dragons and having ship actions instead. Um, For those who are unfamiliar, so we're using the tiny dungeon system in our podcast, but the system that I'm referring to where it's airships versus dragon is one called uh, Mecha versus Monsters which is, as you can imagine, giant, enormous mechas uh, fighting against Godzilla-esque creatures. The players kind of went, well, we kind of want to do both. So I decided that what I'll do is I'm going to treat Tiny Beetle as a mecha. I've taken the Mecha vs. Monsters rule set and created what I thought was the closest approximation to what Tiny Beetle is like, and given it the traits according to that rule book. and, uh, and I've given that to the players. And now I want to test them. So I've told them that this is in preparation for the final fight, for the final episode, And but now I'm going to introduce a rock, and I'm going to have them fight that as a way of seeing if these rules work in a, in a big fight, and how well the players can adapt to using their own abilities, as well as using the ship's abilities. Now, I've already done Shiny beetles, so because I didn't want to double up too much, but what I've done is I've got... Uh, the Keiju creation rules, That as how I'm going to create the, the rock, and I'm going to go through what I do um, as a part of that. Now, in this rule set, uh, the Keiju have got three bioforms, effectively races, so uh, there's three options, sorry, four options to choose from. Um, the, the one I've decided to go for is their kind of middle range one. Um, they just literally described as being mid-range. It's called a Bakimono. I'm assuming... That will mean somebody to somebody who's more familiar with Keiju than I am. Um, so what it does is it gets 8 health, it gets 8 energy, which it can then spend on um, on certain abilities, and it can I can add on an extra uh, evolution, as they call it, another feature to it once I've created it. So, back mono, gonna grab that. I'm gonna paste that into a notes doc, so I can keep track of all this, and I'll just make it all pretty... Uh, In post. There we go. Now, Bekamonos in this book get one intelligence option. So for that, I'm basically looking at what would be the best for a bird-like one. Um, One of the things that I'm going to do is I am going to... ...give it feral attacks. So what 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 that means is that while it's attacking one foe, it will... Uh, it will deal more damage than what it attacks one creature so it will make it more dangerous in a long-term fight against one creature and in this case, it's only fighting against shiny beetles so they really need to try and deal with it before it, it wrecks their ship too much it makes it un- them unable to leave easily so feral attacks next one it gets two weapons so these can include things like Godzilla's classic uh, wet breath weapon, claws, tails, uh, talons, etc. So I'm going to give it a vicious chomp, basically a beak attack as one of its main weapons. Uh, basically, if it connects, it automatically can deal double damage. If You can spend your one action to deal double damage straight afterwards. so. Again, it makes it a potentially very dangerous fo- fo- foe against the ever-small tiny beetle, but I'm guessing that my players can will find a way to handle it. Uh, the other one I'm going to give it is... Grasping Tentacles. Uh, even though it won't have tentacles, I'm going to flavor its claws as being able of, capable of grappling with a, a target. Um, so, this way... If all three of its claws hit, it it'll have disadvantage. They'll have disadvantage on their attacks to try and get it away. What I'm trying to do is I'm going to try and entreat tr- them to try and get out of shiny beetle. Walk along the edge and find a way to get rid- this bird off them before it manages to tear them up. Next, it has two defense systems. All right. So again, looking at these, there's ones that let it. Um, reduce damage, that lets it blend into its environment, uh, that lets it, um... Uh, it, it reduces all damage and it lets you, it lets them spend their energy as well as HP. The one I'm going to do is I'm going to give it camouflage, so the idea being that it's going to be in a storm, it's going to be, um, it's going to be basically effectively camouflaged against the storm, so if they do ...manage to get it off the ship that's going to have a chance to just vanish into the storm. And the other one was... I am going to give it... Uh, ...the ability to reduce some damage to it. So they might find... So it has... So if the players are finding that their normal attacks aren't hitting as much as they would like, they I've already given their ship the chance to do like a supercharged attack. So I just might encourage them to take that on board rather than uh, simply trying to deal little attacks to it. All right, and then the next one is it's got one movement ability. So looking for those as well, what I will do is... It's got, oh, I've already given both ships flight, so I don't need to give them that. I will instead give them a powerful lunge. So the idea being that this is a quick bird, so it will be able to move and attack. Normally in Tiny Dungeon move, move moving is one action and then attacking will be two actions but this will give it a, the chance to move and attack at the same time which will mean that it can, it will have <coughs> excuse me it can do hit and run tactics uh granted the, though these attacks are made with disadvantage meaning meaning i'm only rolling one dice for it but it means that if unless they're able to keep pace or find some other way to stop it from doing what it needs to do what it wants to do um they might be in trouble so created the rock I've already given shiny beetle stats which i've shown to the players as a way of hey this is for the final fight you don't need to worry about that right now i lie a lot to my players poor bastards right so i've planned the rock fight the pl- The idea is also that this rock will be tied to neely's black backstory so so far i've done a lot of work with um with uh, mr whitby's backstory of his brother being in the background while they're in bastion i've done a bit of backstory for Henry, meeting his brother, and that will potentially come up again a bit later as well. And now I'm gonna do a little bit of of Neely's backstory. So her family had an airship, he was a hunter, and they tried to take out a rock and failed, and her son went over the edge and into the mist. Um, So this will be the same rock. She, again, in the description, I, 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 I like asking my players questions. So I've gone up to Neely and said, hey, Neely, did that rock that attacked your family survive? And she's given me this gift of don't know. No, we're more concerned about survival at the end. Don't know if it lived, if it lived, but it's gonna have a scar across its left eye where my son, where my son who's missing, uh, hit it. So this is gonna be that same rock. It's gonna be uh, a nice little reunion for them both. So hopefully it'll give a, a bit of RP, a bit of no, we need to take it down. No, we with our ship's too hurt, and just see what what comes out of that, a bit of. Um, Hopefully a bit of emotion, we'll see how we go. Right, so that's the rock, done Now, the next part, then, is to uh, have the dungeon where the bliss is going to be. So they're going to be entering a dungeon cult. They're going to um, be sneaking in. And I am going to, again, go to my old friend dungeon. And one the many hundreds of other useful things it has, it has a random dungeon generator. I have set that to being small, because only one of a uh, small number of rooms for them to go through, I have, when you create these you can also set what level you want them to be, they're all designed for d d um, so they give kind of ideas for that, I'm gonna use that as inspiration, um, they've got spiders and basilisks, etc. I'll go through the Tiny Dungeon book and put in appropriate monsters instead. What I really like about Tiny Dungeon though is if I forget to do that, or if I'm unhappy with what my options could be, you can just create a monster really easily. So I'll fill it with monsters towards the end. Using Dungeon, I've created five rooms in this dungeon, who have got various entrances, archways, locked rooms, uh, magical statues, and other flavour already generated. So I don't need to worry about what's going on. I th- this is all there created for me. There's a few traps. So what I'll do is I'm going to go to my Grimtooth book and I'll go well. What, this has got a trapped locked stone door. What's an interesting trap to put there? So, in this case, I will go to Grimtooth and I will look up uh, possible pit traps, etc. from there. There is some treasures suggested as well. I've got an idea for treasure, um, of what, what can be included. So, I'll, at this point there will be a magical item. That will not just be the blister, but also include um, effectively magnetic boots that would let a small creature be able to walk along the shining beetle without worrying about falling off. Uh, my hopes is that they will then hand this to Henry, who can then use this to defend the ship uh, during bigger battles. But we'll see how we go. The other part I'm going to include is that I will find the ballista. It's in a hidden room, and it's going to have a small, innocuous-looking sack tied to it. The idea being that that sack will be effectively a bag of holding that they can stuff the ballista into and use it to easily carry it out. That's how they managed to steal the item in the first place. This big, enormous, you know, size of a, of a Volkswagen uh, thing. Um, how did they get it out? They put it, they put it in the bag of holding and just walked right on out. And I'm hoping the players will recognise, hey, this sack's a bit out of place. Let's test that and see uh, what that does. And I'll tell them, bag of holding stuff. Put put the blister in there, and you can, and you'll find it much easier to do. What I found was when I've done that in the past, I have um, my players have been less than clever about uh, finding those things, It's only afterwards they get to say, hey, that sack's a bit out of place. Did you see what that was after they dragged it through five doors? I'm kind of hoping the latter happens, and that's about it. So the idea is that they will find the blister they will then need to find a way to get out, which will be the next episode and um and in the meantime, they'll have rooms full of cultists to uh worry about the idea being that this is just one possible uh entrance into the compound so the main one but there'll be lots of living spaces all around where they'll have a bunch of cultists who will need who they'll need to either fight their way through or find some other way of dealing with that would be in the next episode however all right thank you so much for your time i hope you guys have again picked up something from this i will and i will talk to you next time have a good night